dog in your life is thinking? Well, join me, Liz Murdoch, animal communicator, talking with the dogs and finding out what dogs want people in their lives to know and understand. I've spent my life talking and listening to animals. So if you consider yourself a dog person or just happen to have a dog, I'm here to help you learn how to talk or listen to the dogs in your life. I chat with people too, sharing stories and tips on exactly how animal communication or being a dog whisperer makes an impact at home or when working with the dogs. So welcome to Talking with the Dogs podcast, a place where we uncover exactly what dogs want us to know and celebrate that every dog has a story. We are live now talking with the dogs. I'm Liz Murdoch, and with me, I have Daniel Charles of Canine Tra- Dog Training, right? How do you say? Clear Canine Academy. Clear Canine Academy. Daniel and I met on Instagram, looking up dogs and stuff, and he saw my work as an animal communicator focused on talking with the dogs. And he and I connected with a client that, as it turned out, wasn't being consistent with the dog training, which the dog told us that I remember this very much because dogs often say that they get confused when their people aren't consistent, whether with the rules or practicing. So we were able to help a pup that way the the first time that we met. But Daniel with us is Erica, a friend of Daniel's and Disco, who is actually our star. Disco, you want to look at the camera and say hi? You're busy looking out a window. Hello, Disco. This is where we are. So Disco is with Erica. We got a phone. I got a phone call or maybe it was a text. I don't remember that Disco was missing. And could I help find a lost dog? And while I love talking to dogs, lost dogs, you just don't want to get it wrong. And there's a time crunch. So I haven't focused on much work with lost dogs, but I did have a previous experience with a lost dog that was very powerful to me that I couldn't turn away from working with lost dogs as they come up. And so when Daniel surfaced back in my life about this lost dog, I was like, oh, okay, well, let's see. So we texted and we're going to take turns sharing this story. I have never talked to Erica. I just want everyone to know. I've never talked to Erica. Daniel sent me pictures when I said, okay, sure. Actually, I'm going to, I want to share these texts so any listeners can follow along because obviously we have Disco back with us. And okay, so I'm going to take off my glasses and go back to find out exactly so you can follow along with this. He, he left me a voice message, probably because he was panicked. And so he just texted a message. I, actually... Hey, Liz. I hope you're doing well. This is Daniel Charles from Chicago. Uh, I think you might remember me. You helped me with one of my clients with Bella and Stacy this summer. I have a friend whose car just got stolen with their dog inside of it. The car was stolen. And she was looking for some help sooner than later to locate her dog. So uh, if you can just let me know if that's something you could help with today, I'd really appreciate it. Thanks. Okay, so what would anyone do if you get a message? Someone's car, Erica's car is stolen. Her dog is in, makes me like, her her car, her dog is in it. So I hear this message like, oh, I'm going to check Instagram. And it says, got it. I wrote, got it. I've only done a few lost dogs, but I can try what I can get. 
The last dog communicated with me, but the owner still hasn't found her. But I can only connect with an animal. I can only connect. I can only connect with an animal, meaning I can't guarantee you'll find it. And what I learned with that last dog who st- still has not connect- returned home is that when it comes, I could find where the a- animals are or animal communicators can, but we can't make a dog go home. Mm-hmm. So Daniel, what did I say to you? So I said, oh, then I said, is it a white dog? I tried to tune in and I saw this dog and he sent me a picture of Disco and I was like, okay, I've got the dog. And he said, gosh, it makes me emotional. He said, his name is Disco. Thank you. And he gave me his cell number, if that's easier. And I said, Erica doesn't even know this part of the story, my side. No, I'm just feeling so much gratitude right now and just him reaching out, listening to, you know, this, yes, I I didn't know. And by the way, my dog before disco was all white. Don't know if that has anything to do with the white dog. (laughs) Well, I was sold that I was meant to be a part of this when I saw the picture of Disco from what I had visioned of this little dog. So I wrote back and I said, okay, the dog is smart and connected to the person. I don't think I knew even who it was a man or woman. I knew nothing. The dog is smart and connected to the person. Have the person get as mindful as possible and tune in with the dog calmly. This is what I asked Daniel to relay. Energy work can, can make a disco difference. Disco wants to connect. They have a good bond calling you. So then we talked and I'll let you both say something. So I sent that and then, yeah, so I sent that and then a day went by until I got back involved. So what did you, what happened after I told you to talk to Erica? Uh, Well, yeah. So basically uh, to catch a little bit up from our side of the story, I was called by Erica to let me know that this had transpired. And so the first thing I did after we got off the phone was I hopped in my car and drove to the building where it happened and just kind of went in and talked to the people in the building and didn't get any response. And then hopped in my car and just started driving West, which was where the car had driven off to that disco was in and just started driving. And that's where I was sending you voice messages and sending you my cell phone number from because I was driving and couldn't type. And so I was using voice, voice communication. And so after you gave me that information, I pulled over and called Erica and basically told her that what you had relayed and Erica actually had a really beautiful response because it was already sort of in that mind frame of doing us. Why don't you go there yeah. and talk about how that conversation went between us? Yeah. So um, he did. He communicated what you told me. Um, and I really was I knew it was important to try my best to stay calm and do my best to just give out energy as if I was confident he would be found. He was already found. I was visualizing being reunited with him. It wasn't perfect. I still had my moments, but my focus was, okay, have way more positive moments. Right. Breakdowns. And so I was, I was definitely, one of the things that I wasn't doing that you did say to do that I started doing was just talking to him. Um, communicating with him in my mind and for the whole time that he was gone even when I would go to bed at night um, I would still put his blanket and stuff next to me in the bed as if he was there I left food out for him water out for him I would kiss him good night <laughs> um, mm-hmm. all of that 
Yeah. Um, but I was, when we were looking for him, I was talking to him and taking your advice on trying to communicate with him to let him know that, you know, we, I was going to find him. Did you ever feel like you were getting anything back from him? Did you ever feel a, a peace or reassurance? So there were a couple of things that put me at peace during that time. One of them was when I adopted Disco, he was about 33% under his body weight. He came into wow. the city pound as a stray. Uh-huh. And so I said he had to have been out in the streets or in some type of survival mode for at least a couple of weeks to be 33% right. under body weight. So I kept telling myself, my pooch is tough. I know he can survive. I just got to find him. Because if he lost all that weight before I adopted him, he knows how to make his way around the streets. Yeah. So I said, I just, I just got to find him. So that was, a, did I answer your question? Well, you felt you had more peace that you trusted him because of what you knew of him, but you yeah. never felt like. Oh, if I felt like I was getting messages back. Mm-hmm. From, at night, when I was getting ready to go to bed, that's when I, <clears throat> that's when I felt. And oh, about somewhere between 7.30 and 9 o'clock every night, I want to say probably about 8, 8.30, I would just be completely wiped out where like I couldn't move. And I felt like we both were being wiped out at that time. You know, I was getting tired when he was getting tired because I'm normally pretty high energy. So late night and, and, but like there were times I was out looking for him and eight, eight thirty after I just passed out in the car, I literally couldn't move. And so I don't, I didn't consider it a bad thing because I felt like, when I was up and ready to go, that he was doing the same. Right. And when right. I was getting kind of tired and wiped out, it was because he was settling down as well. Could be. Could be. Okay. So Daniel, what was going on with you? So he's gone. So yeah. So it clear gone. that the, how he was left in the car and you had run out to everyone got that if anyone's joining us. You were you were doing errands and you were out and about and he was in the car and someone jumped in a mo- car and drove off. Oh, you're asking that? Yeah. I I want to make sure everyone knows that it was just a a quick thing. Yeah, I was literally standing on the passenger side of my car with my keys in my hand. um, Oh, wow. With the the car running and the door closed. And the only reason I knew someone took off in my car is because I felt my car rub up against my thigh because I was literally standing next to it. Well, how did they do it without the keys? Well, the car was still running. I have a keyless start. Yeah. It's a um, keyless entry. Right. I the start. So the car was running, but they can't get very far without the key. I see. So, okay. Uh, they can only drive oh so far without the key before the car shuts off. Does that make sense? Yes. 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 I want to make sure the listeners understand this. Gosh, yeah. you were right there. She was by her car. Someone jumped in and drove off with the dog in it. Okay. Yeah, I was literally handing something to someone when it happened. I took, I had just taken it out of my car. Handed it to them and they... Someone, unbelievable. Okay, I, I'm so sorry. So, Daniel, so you are our go-between. Right, I'm playing messenger. So yes. I'm driving west, following mm-hmm. the inclination to drive west. I call you, I get a message back from you. I deliver it to Erica about holding this idea in her mind. When I call her, she's like, that's crazy because I just lit some sage as you were calling me. And all I've been doing is picturing him coming back to me and kissing me. I said, great, hold that. He's smart. Uh, you had also communicated about telling him to use his street smarts and to trust people and to approach people. They will help you. 
And so I'm basically in my car driving west, feeling like he's out here somewhere and just kind of holding crystals and calling out to him. Uh, the way I found a dog missing two years before was the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm just driving west. Uh, I relayed the message to Erica. She was sort of already kind of tuned into a way and then took a lot of your advice. And then just uh, we hung up. And then I was pretty much just driving, feeling this feeling in my body and somewhere around Cicero, which is a pretty far west street. I just decided to turn around and started heading back to the city. Uh, we were also in touch with the police about making sure that the lost vehicle was, you know, being tracked in case, you know, he came up in that. And I was calling friends who knew the city to say, you know, where do they take stolen cars? Is there a place where cars get chopped up? Like we were just trying to right. this every way we could. And so um, pretty much drove back to the city when the sun was set and went back to this, the building where it happened one more time to check. It's a very busy part of the Chicago where it happens mm-hmm. like downtown. And so I went, to the next door 7-Eleven and asked if they had seen anything on their cameras and they hadn't seen anything. No one heard anything in the building. So I got in my car and just drove home. And that was sort of like the end of that day from getting notified at 3 p.m. from Erica or at five o'clock, I think, which was two hours after it happened to me driving to the building and then all that. And so the the sun just kind of set on on the day with Erica sort of just holding that vision and yeah, that was the last communication I think we had that day. That day. Okay. And then I think maybe I had called you and we had spoken because I remember saying he's smart and when he, to look for someone though, who will help him. That yeah, I wanted cool. him to talk to somebody who he was going to need another person to help him. Yeah. And, that was part of our phone call. And you, you were even saying like, there's going to be an opportunity for him to kind of get away and he'll yeah. spot it and he'll do it. So you were instructing Erica to coach him through that of you're, you're smart and you can do it and you can get away when you need to. And when you do encounter people and you can trust them, like they'll, they'll help you. And so that was part of our phone conversation. Yeah. yeah. I remember having an image and a feeling of him having to like scoot out of a door, like to, like to make a getaway mm-hmm. and he, that he's fast so that if someone had him, he could like wiggle out and get away. And, but he needed to do his street smarts. And I remember saying, have Erica to tell to tell him to do what she taught him to do. Do you know what any of that means, Erica? Oh man, I was reaching. I mean, I the only thing I could think of is like I was work. I've been working on him, um, just being mean towards big dogs, and that was my biggest uh-huh. concern: is him running into a big dog and thinking he's bigger than that dog. Yeah, um, and so- then also. Like raccoons, squirrels. I just didn't want him getting into a fight with anything that he thought he could win a fight with, <laughs> but but probably wouldn't. So that's the only thing I could think of is like, look, don't go picking fights with yeah. other animals. Like, just find your way to a human. Um, so that's that's important because I do remember getting this sense. Have her tell him to do what she's taught him to do. So then the next day, I checked in and I wanted to know if there were any updates. So I texted um, Daniel and he said that my friend had a reading with another animal communicator and was told he's a mile from home. She, meaning you, I took it, is out looking for him now. No word from the shelters either and that you appreciated my advice. And I had also asked Daniel that he was chipped, 
which was good. So you had talked to another, someone, you know, another animal communicator, and did you get similar advice or different advice? Because I will tell people when my sessions that dogs will tell people different things, or even I've had sessions with repeat clients and stories change. So it's, and it's like going, you, you don't go to the eye doctor for your back. So it's fine to go to different animal communicators if you need to. So Erica, go ahead. So you talk to somebody else. You know, the, the irony is I talked to her directly. Yeah. Never communicated. Right. But I definitely felt more of a connection with what you were communicating than the person I actually spoke with. When Dan told me about this opportunity, my first question was, Cali or Chicago? And he said, Cali. And I was like, I knew it because... For whatever reason, um, it was more of a connection. And you, Dan, um, and a friend of mine were really the calming forces for me um, because I had to tune out the people who were panicking, doing the things I didn't want to do. And so you guys were, um, I don't know, it was just what you were saying was calming. It it just supported what I was working on, the the work I was doing myself. Um, Not to say that that person, Um, Because one of the things I think she said uh, that I was thinking, I also was focusing on getting the lesson and why this happened. I knew it didn't happen for any reason. I thought it was important to get the lesson in it. And I felt like getting the lesson in it will also bring things full circle. And she said something similar. I don't know if I asked her or what, but she was like, yeah, a lot of these things get resolved when, um, when you find the lesson and mm. why it happened. And Dan, did you bring that up as well? I don't think so. Okay. Maybe. So, um, but um, no, it wasn't the same. The information she gave, maybe she was tapping into where the car was left mm-hmm. because he wasn't a mile from where I live. But he, he wasn't? Was, no, no. Um, but she may have been tapping into where the car was left. Yeah. Things can change. My experience, especially this very vivid one, I was the last lost dog that I worked with. I was very upset because I had gotten a lot of specifics on where it was. And I just was very in tune with this dog. And I I thought that they were going to find it. And I had a vision about this man talking to it. And sure enough, they got a report that some guy had seen the dog like a week ago and hadn't thought anything. You know, sometimes people see lost dogs and they do nothing and they don't realize how it can make such an impact if they report it. It can help. So please, if you see a lost dog, even if it's a text to lost dog in your community or found dog, it helps. So anyway, I was feeling really bad. Like I didn't help them find the dog. And I had this sort of intuitive whisper that it's not up to me to find the dog. I can only communicate and share information, but it's also between the person and the dog, the relationship, like inviting the dog back, reassuring the dog you're not angry, whatever. It is between you and Disco. So I learned that from that other experience. But when you're saying that you wanted to learn the lesson to resolve it, I think it's okay to give ourselves some grace that sometimes we won't get the lesson until a lot later in life. Mm -hmm. So not to be too hard on yourself. And I think that I know that's why I'm like, let's just get through this, take a breath and be calm and try and invite this, the kind of happy outcome that we're looking for, or at least something that makes us feel like we've done what we can and 
the dog has a choice or something. Yeah. There's definitely been multiple lessons and um, that have already come forth through that experience. I think one of the most powerful ones was it's, it, it's actually saying two almost opposite things at once. One is just the power of joining forces in terms of positive energy, but yes. also reminding me that when it comes to what happens to me, it's, it's still, I, I am the, 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 the final say. With um, disco? Because, yeah, because the yeah. people closest to me were saying, well, he's so well behaved, he's cute, he's, hard, he's already housebroken, you know, someone's found him and, and they're going to keep it. I just had to tune that out. No, but, yeah. Yeah, they're going to find him and I'm going to get my dog back, you know. So um, it was also reminding me that other people, it didn't matter how close they were to me, what they were saying. It was what I thought, what I believed, what I visualized. Because the people I felt like I needed to be the most positive were defeated with after the first day. Yeah. Um, and then you guys were were there as angels, like. So and then um so to share with you, would you like to know like how this came full circle? Yes. Uh, let me just see if there's anything else. Okay. So so this is before we got to the end. So so I asked Daniel the next day if any updates and okay. So no, you you reached out to another animal communicator. And I'm not done. I'm like, oh no, because I could sense him. I knew you wanted him back and I could sense his nature of being this scrappy little guy and to wiggle through and to get out. And I'm like cheering for him. So I go, "Have, have her envision the reunion and trust her gut. Have her keep talking to him and telling him to be smart and remember what she taught him. And then I go, oh, she can ask him to meet her somewhere. Rather than just look for him, have her tell him or send pics, meaning I wanted you to send pictures. Yes, I, I did that on the second day. Uh-huh. Okay. So I said, have her send pics so he can see where she is and pick a, meet, a meeting place. So I wanted you to guide him someplace to go. And I kept getting the sense of, though, I think I was saying this to Daniel, of he, there's going to be a person who he's going to ask for help. So. And then I said, did you put up signs? And then Daniel responded, which I, I, I'll read. He said, that's awesome. Yeah. She seems to be on the right track because she said she keeps envisioning herself reuniting with him and kissing him. I'll definitely pass along the info. She posted on social media. I'll double check about signs, physical signs around her neighborhood. And then I said, it can help if others spot him. They can alert her. Getting others involved and helps. And if someone has him, they can be motivated to call or else someone else will encourage them to return the dog. So that's also like the, the bully bystander when we see something or if we know somebody in our life has a stolen dog or is doing something, you, you can still anonymously report. You can still advise someone. I have a rescue dog that I only have because a backyard breeder got overloaded had these dogs they couldn't place homes for. They kept them. He was five months old and it wasn't going well at their house. She had too many dogs. And a neighbor said, you know, you should call this rescue. They will take your dog. You have to meet with them, but you need to find that dog at home. So because somebody spoke up, it, he has a happy ending. Okay. So I said to, you want to, 
get some others involved. And then Daniel agreed. He says he passed the message. Thank you again. And then what happened, Daniel? Well, then things kind of went quiet. I, uh, I got a message from Erica that they were searching. I logged out of Facebook for a couple of days. And so I okay. just kind of like, we didn't, you and I did not communicate. Uh, no. I didn't really have any more communication with Erica. I had this text that came in that I didn't reply to. And I was feeling like, oh, I need to get back to her, but I don't really have any new information. And so I think maybe two days, maybe three days went past at the most. And I checked my Facebook. Two days. Two, two days. days. And two there's days. a notification uh, that I've been tagged in a post by Erica. And it's got like the little preview picture and it's got Disco in her lap. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And so I opened the post and Disco's reunited with her. And I'm like, wow. So I call her. I'm like, he's in your lap. Give me the rundown on that. But and I was like, sorry for not getting back to you. But yeah, things had just kind of went quiet. The next thing I know, there's Disco in her lap on Facebook. I was like, he's back, he's back. And so I can kind of go right into that or we can go to yeah. Erica. Erica, tell us what happened. Because I, I hadn't heard anything from Daniel. And I'm like, I kept envisioning this little guy like zooting around to get to safety. So I kept expecting that he would be found. And what happened, Erica? For one, what you guys were saying about sharing on social media. So I think the night it happened, I shared on Instagram, which I was very hesitant to do. And it took me an entire additional day. And why were you hesitant? Because I see, I've seen people with lost dogs and I'll see people just immediately say, oh, I'm so sorry. This is so sad. This is terrible. This happened. I didn't want that energy on it. Right, right. And you know what? People were asking me on IG, post it on Facebook so we can share it. So I said, you know what? I'm just going to ask people to just make positive comments when they respond. Oh, that's good. Um, and so when I put up the post, I just asked people to just send, you know, positive feedback, like, hey, you know, I, I know you'll find them, whatever. And most, like 99.9% respected my wishes. So, and, and I believe that's a part of it too, because the very next day I found them after I put it on Facebook and like- Wow. That's but, a great example of Facebook for good and the power of positive intentions. Yeah, and they, they, they proved me wrong that most people, you know, respected my wishes and were very positive. Um, one of my many lessons in that too. Um, and so the second day, went out with a friend, posted flyers, was looking for him, was visualizing him like running up to me, all of that. I think what I had the biggest challenge with is when I think you told me if I was going to have to meet me somewhere, I needed to stay still. Uh -huh. And that felt impossible. Cause like when I woke up, like I'm ready to go and look and move. And that part was so difficult. So my, my version of sitting still was like looking at this one spot, telling him to meet me there, sitting there for 15 minutes and then going and looking somewhere else. Okay. Um, it, well, I was still looking at area, but I wouldn't stay in one spot. Then I saw a dog that looked similar to Disco that like was up the street. I'm like, wait. And I ran to... And it was another lost dog. It wasn't Disco. Clearly belonged to someone. The dog had a harness on. And the oh. dog ran from me. I actually started looking for this dog. I'm like, there's no way I can be out here looking yeah. for my dog, see someone else's dog lost, and just ignore it. Right. Um, but the dog ran from me. I probably spent an hour looking for that dog before I gave up. Um, and 
Then fast forward to, let's see, that was, was that Monday or Sunday? That was Sunday. Is it Monday? That was Sunday. So that was the day before he was found. No. Two days went by. It's three days. Yeah, from the first day. Yeah. Saturday, he came up missing. He was found on Tuesday. So that day was Sunday. Okay. It was and um, and it was also raining. Also, another thing I wanted to mention that I also did um, that I don't know if anyone told me to do this, but I was just doing it. I was finding things to be grateful for. So it wasn't super cold outside. It wasn't super hot. And mm-hmm. I was expressing gratitude for that, that if he was outside, I knew it was in conditions that he could survive. I was expressing gratitude for the fact that daylight savings was came in when I forget his right. Life. Right now, but that it stayed light out longer, so I have more time to look for him in the daylight. Um, so I was just finding the anything to be grateful for as well. Um, yeah. day, day, day three, wait, Sunday, and then Monday. Mm-hmm. We all, Monday was the day that I found out where the car was left, and we immediately went to that address to look for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when it really started to get hot because people started telling me that I saw this dog. And um, I just took that as a, a good sign, a good sign. Yeah. And people were very motivated to find him. There was this one little boy that was like, oh my God, I'm going to find this dog. I'm going to take this $500 and buy my game system I want. Like, oh my gosh. And I saw him. I had met the little boy. I saw him. So he went to give his mom a flyer. And I'm like, oh, this is for disco? My mom had already given him a flyer. Oh, like, wow. Good. And then this one guy I saw, he said, I think I saw this dog. So he, he hops on his back right leg, right? But when disco gets really excited, he's move, moving fast. He skips right. on his back right leg. That's when I knew. Yeah. They, for sure, they saw disco. Good. Um, and so fast forward to the good part. The the end of that night, going into the dead, the morning that he was found. Uh-huh. So if you remember, I told you like every night about eight thirty, I would you got be tired. Like, yes, this particular night was the first night where I wasn't wiped out. I went to bed mm-hmm. feeling good because I would feel good and positive and be motivated throughout the day. And mm-hmm. then at the end of the night is where I really had to work on keeping that positive energy and not getting like severely depressed. Yeah. So I had to really work on that. But that night, for some reason, I went to bed feeling good. I, I can't even explain it, but it was just a different feeling. I got up that morning just feeling good. I had taken pieces of my clothes and ripped them up and I was going to leave a trail for him. Uh-huh. All of that. Before I could even get out the door, I got a call, text, email. Your dog has been found. Um, and it was, he had went to, he found a person to help him, like you said. Good. The day he was lost, which I'm so grateful that he didn't have to be out in the street overnight. So, and it was maybe not even 10 minutes driving from where the car was abandoned. He went down in the woman's like stairway to her basement. Uh-huh. And he was just standing there shaking for three, four hours. And her daughters begged her to let, let him in. Uh-huh. And so they let him in, got very attached very quickly. Mm-hmm. And um, that. Monday, it gets a little blurry for me because I, I think they said something about going in Monday, but this was Tuesday. They took him to the vet to get him checked out. Mm-hmm. And when they did, of course, the vet scanned him and yeah. the microchip came up. 
So your microchip was current. I want to, have you ever moved and had to call and update your microchip? I did everything online. So when I got- You have in the past. I just want to make a point to people because a lot of times dogs are, are scanned and they have old addresses. So I'm I'm wondering, have you ever had to update my disco's chip? Uh, no, I've had the same phone number for almost twenty years. Okay, <laughs> so I that's put good. The, I put that yeah. phone number in when I first got him. Uh huh. One of the things I did that I didn't know um, that you are supposed to do with the microchip is I reported him lost. I didn't. Oh. I, I didn't know that you. Were, I, I can't even remember who told me to do that. Um, oh, that's I think good advice. It's yeah. good advice for all our listeners. I think I went to log in to update the alternate contact numbers. My friend's contact number that I knew changed. Uh-huh. Just double checking everything. And I think that's when I found out you're supposed to report them lost. And so that's I, did good. That. I did that and just made sure everything was current. So um, I'm going to let listeners know that if you have a chip, the next time you go to the vet, your your vet can scan it because there are different chip companies that there there are different chip companies. So that you want to make sure that you have the current phone number for the chip that your animal has, and that you can have that handy if your dog ever disappears. Because there are so many dogs that end up in shelters and then adopted and hopefully not euthanized because chips were outdated. So here's a good lesson from Disco and Erica that all of us want to make sure we know the phone number for the chip on the dog. And if we have multiple dogs, our dogs might have different chips from different companies. So- I worked on a case like that, Liz, where a friend of mine had their dog go missing. Uh-huh. Pull the polar vortex. And I drove around looking for him and his chip was registered to the owner previous to my friend. So when he was taken to a vet's office, they called someone who had not had his dog for five years. Oh, wow. So, so to your point, the, the chip was not up to date with the current owner. And so this person thought they were getting their dog back after five years and the dog was almost given to the wrong person. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's important. Okay. So thank you, both of you. And, so. and, and, just, and, and, and just to add, um, if for some reason a person does forget to update it, just call immediately when your dog goes missing. You can call them. They can help you with that. Um, I typed in the name of the, the microchip company in my email. Mm-hmm. And I knew I had at least one email from them with the microchip number. Yeah. Well, the good. only thing is, I'm, a, I'm pretty sure if you remember the last phone number that was registered or what have you, that they can pull, pull the information that way. But if you never registered the microchip, then you absolutely have to have the microchip number. Yeah, but a so, vet can help you find it. But that's something everyone can, can do now. Okay, so they scanned, they found it. You, you got a call from the vet? Yes, I got a call from the vet. No, no, I got a I got an automated call from the microchip. Company. Oh, okay. And I got it. I also received a text from them as well as an email. And then the two other contacts that were listed did as well. Okay. And, um, I called them back immediately and they told me, they gave me a number. They said that the person that had my dog was okay with me contacting them directly. And they gave me the number to the vet as well as the number to the person that, um, that had my dog. Okay. Um, the only thing I would say, like if someone is in that situation that I think maybe should have went differently, even though I was very fortunate that this woman 
you know, was was honest. Is right. the, the dog back to that person to bring to me? Yeah, that's she, sort of surprising. Yeah. And so, because she said, oh, I can come to you. I said, no, just stay where you are. I'm on my way. And I'm right. thinking he's going to stay with the vet. And when I got there, the vet was like, oh, she didn't bring him to you? And I said, no, I said I was on my way here. And so the woman was actually sitting in the car waiting for us. Thank God. Yeah. But she didn't know he was microchipped. You know, no. she brought him in. She was bringing him in for an exam. Oh, um, so she was because she was going to keep him. Yeah. And in all fairness to her. Right. He was, he was in the car and I would take his tag off his, his collar off in the car and put it back on when we would get out the car for mm-hmm. two reasons. My vet said his tag was too heavy for him. And so uh. I was working on replacing the tag. So I only kept it on him when I needed to. And two, I was just always paranoid about it getting hooked on something. Right. So, he didn't, I'm, I'm sure he didn't have his collar on because I would take it off when we were in the car and put it on right before we got out the car. Okay. So I don't think she was trying to be deceptive. Yeah. Still, in, in the area she's in, there's a, I, there's stray dogs that people, unfortunately, are not looking for. And right. he gets another collar. It's hard yeah. to know the difference, right? No, no, it's, it, it was, it was, not, it all worked out. It was nice that she gave him back and that she wanted to get him checked out. But you're right. And it is hard. People find dogs. I'm in Los Angeles and, and find stray dogs and they want to keep them. And they're afraid because the shelters have a reputation often throughout the year. They get, they get overloaded. So people are afraid when they find a dog to take it to the shelter that it won't have a happy ending story. And so it's like, it's a catch 22, but having a chip with a current update can solve a lot of, with current updated information, it yes. can solve a lot of issues. And, so, and so my advice, if, if, if someone goes through that process and they're fortunate enough where someone reaches out, the vet reaches out to just ask the vet specifically, can you hold my, my pet, my dog, my cat until I get there to pick them up? I'd rather pick them up directly from the veterinarian. Right. I don't know if that's a common practice or not, but I'm just saying it because if I would have known that, I would have asked them to hold on to this go. Well, in a way, it seems like it should just be standard procedure for all lost dogs that have a chip. They stay with the person who at the vet's office. Right. And to your point, it. In the situation that I experienced too, this older gentleman took the dog in. It got scanned to this previous owner, but they let him leave. He was walking the dog on the street after having left the vet's office. Wow. And I saw him and said, hey, that's my friend's dog. And he said, oh, you mean this person's name? And I said, no, this person's name. He said, well, I spoke to this person. And uh-huh. they said that's their dog because that was the previous owner. And I so I, I called my friend and said, show up here now. But to your point, they let my, that dog leave the vet's office. Mm-hmm. With the person who was not the chipped owner and right. he went kind of back into the night, off into you know the potential reunited or not reunited. So thankfully, there was a happy ending. To your point, though, yeah, yeah. yeah. In defense of the vets, I, I want to just put a plug because I know vets yeah, yeah, get yeah. overloaded. I have another dog who was left at a vet, and the girl never came back. So, okay. it's, so I can see why vets are like, "Here, you take the dog." So it's, it's a tricky situation. And again, that's why I love working with Daniel and meeting new people like Erica, because the more we can have this dog community supporting each other, the better for all of us, because yeah. we, we have to support the dogs and people taking care of their dogs. So Erica, I want to go back to something about how you practice the gratitude. I did not advise you to do that. But what I did advise was staying calm and positive. And I love how you took it 
to do something that was good for you and that resonated. And that's what I'd like about animal communication and talking to dogs is that the dogs can give me information or I can have a sense, but as we talked earlier, it really comes down to the relationship between the dog and the person and what you do with information intuitively or, you know, logistically in your house is that it's up to what works best for you and your dog and creating the best connection. So I encourage you to keep doing things like gratitude. I love gratitude, but whatever really makes a difference for you and your dog. So, and that's for everybody. Another thing that um, I was doing, and I I practiced meditation, but while disco was gone, it was the meditation was all about disco. Mm -hmm. So I made sure I wasn't as disciplined with this before this happened. But while I was looking for him, I made sure that when I went to sleep at night, it was with me meditating, visualizing. Um, us either being reunited or him being right there next to me because I wanted to be on that frequency as I went to sleep for however many hours. And um, even as I'm rushing out the door to look for him in the mornings, I was still pausing the car for me personally, burn some sage, meditate and visualize him. And I had a bowl in the car for him. I kept food in the car for him because I was prepared to pick him up that day. So um, I just... And I just try my best to make sure my actions resemble me having him that day. That's good. So question, so now that you, so you got him back, did he seem highly stressed? Did he seem, how did he seem? Definitely um, his behavior is different in the car. Disco is normally with me 99.9% of the time. Uh-huh. I mean, we, we, traveled all around the country in that car together and wow always with me but now uh and of course i'm i'm dealing with my own paranoia as well but something as simple as me stepping out of the car to put my card in the in the what you call it to pump gas oh huh and he would be shaking and freaking out where normally he's just in his bed like okay you know we're just riding doing our thing that part i noticed the difference Outside of that, I just felt relief. He was uh, mm-hmm. in my lap a lot and um, staring at me a lot and just relieved and happy to be back. I know that he loves, loves, loves being outside So and going on his walks. So I like tripled our walk time. Like, And we are normally out for like hour to two hours. And we were like doing like three hour walks. In. But the time was flying by. Yeah. Like, I didn't even yeah. realize it was that long. Um, what else in terms of difference? I think those are, that's it. Um, there were a few crazy things that happened. Like he had a Mohawk going down his back and his Mohawk had, he smelled like smoke. My car was, was torched. It was burned. Oh Um, my gosh. Yeah. He smelled like smoke. And when I went to give him a bath, when he came back after the smoke smell went away, I noticed where his Mohawk was gone, it smelled like burnt hair. I don't know how this happened and he wasn't harmed, but um, it was like the hair is singed. Yeah. So he could have been in the car and got out. Yeah. I think I thought about that when you said he darted. I kept seeing a door. I think I said that to Daniel. He needs to get out and find. And so my friend who I reached out to is an intuitive. And the day that he went missing, I just called her just for comfort. And she immediately started tapping in. 
And one of the things she said, she used the word scrappy like you. She said your exact word. She said, he's a scrappy dog. I know I said about that when you said it. But the other thing she said was, um, while I was riding and talking to her in the car, because she was with me like the whole time looking for him. Right. She said, what is that smell? Ah. Like, it was like smoke. And mm-hmm. I never in a million years thought the car was burning. But I guess that's, that, that that was what so she did. So did someone just steal the car and set it on fire? I think they 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 definitely took things out of it because they tried to charge my credit my credit cards. Uh huh. It, it didn't work. So I'm sure they took what they wanted to take and then torched the car. Wow. Well, yeah. I just the first thing I said is he needs to get out and he needs to know where to go. So that's we'll just focus that he, he did what he was supposed to do and he's safe and someone did take him for help they may not have realized that it was to get him help for to scan a chip but that's exactly what happened and it needed to happen so yeah he did ex- he did exactly what you said he was going to do and the great thing about it is he did it the day it happened so he didn't spend one night outdoors like he she found him that that evening um he, yeah, he went to someone I think I said to Daniel, he needs to pick the right person. He needs to pick someone he's safe with. Oh, they, yeah. they loved him. The daughter cried the entire time. I, 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 was, I was conflicted because I'm so happy. And this little girl is so distraught because they're thinking we're taking him for an exam. She never expected that he would be taken away from her. However, I explained to them there's so many dogs in shelters that need yes. home. And, you know, everything happens for a reason. So I've been helping them with finding a rescue. I send them photos like every day of dogs. She wants a dog that looks like Disco. So I've been trying to, I send a few that don't because you oh. don't realize you can fall in love with any pooch. But I also send them some that look like Disco. So the, maybe, he, go ahead, Daniel. The first dog that she found that looked just like Disco, mm-hmm. his, name, his name was Sir Charles. And Charles <laughs> is my last name. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> that's someone, funny. Someone posted that dog it, on my Facebook post asking if this was disco well so, yes she'll find she'll find her how old is she so the little girl is seven and then her older daughter is i think like uh 12 and it's her and her mom all right well when they get their dog i'd love to have them on the show and talk about how it turned her it turned around for them that would be fun yeah, know, and right? oh. talk with their puppy yes so it's a good see how the community grows and there's so many lessons and yeah. that little girl will remember forever she found a dog and that's what led to her own dog and who knows what else well i want to thank you for sharing this story it we've it's taken a lot of time but i want let's see if he has anything to say now well he is like super Oh, That's fine. I can still tune in. Daniel knows. It's fine. I can see Disco. I, can I see his... Can, I'd like the audience to see too, anyone yeah. watching the video. Hello, Disco. What a lucky guy. And you look good. You didn't like the... I, he was by the smoke. I can tell he couldn't breathe. I get a feeling like it was harder. Have you noticed him sneezing at all when, or when he came back? Oh, I, didn't, I didn't want to interrupt you. I was going to say that I noticed he was snoring for the first like five days he was back. And I associated it with the smoke too. Yeah. He hasn't snored since I first got him. And so usually there's some type of irritant if he's snoring at night. I got that right away. I felt as like he wanted he needed to clean his nasal passages. They were like clogged from the smoke. He didn't like that. I hear him saying it was hard to breathe and it was sort of like like um a choking kind of gasping that he may have had. 
but he's, he's, he's better. Like, I feel like it's clear, like he can, oxygen can go through airflow better. So I got that sense. He is tired. He's relaxed. He is very relaxed and he's, oh gosh, we could do a whole nother time, but let me just, I know I need to wrap up, but if there's anything you can share disco about your experience or for Erica that you'd like people to know, hi, I see you. I see blinking at me. What is it disco that we can tell people? He says that he's, he really likes being home. It's like, there's no place like home is the sense that I get from, and it's funny. He does look like Dorothy's dog a little bit. There's no place like home. And that when people find a dog and they think it's so cute and it needs a home, it's really important for the dog's best interest to see if you can help it find its home going the right route. And as much as you might want to keep it, it, the dogs do, if they have unfinished business at home, sometimes dogs do need to be in situations where they're rehomed, but Disco likes being at home. It's like with his mama and he wants, he, he just wants people to know that a dog belongs at its home until it's time not to be there. And he, it was time for him to stay home. He really, he really values being with you, Erica. And is there anything else? He's such a sweetheart. No, he, well, I'm I'm watching the time and this is a story on the lost dog. So I'm open to talking to you later, but for the audience, I mean, he's happy to be home. And his main thing is he's glad that you didn't give up and you didn't let people convince you of otherwise or go down that cycle of staying in bed with a pillow under your head, grieving a dog that you thought you're never going to get back and that you, did the right steps and that he was able to connect with you. So does anyone have any questions or want to add anything? Me? Either one of you. I didn't know if you were taking comments on the live. That's why I asked. I didn't know if that's, if you were asking the audience. No, I'm asking you. The, the, the one thing that I would share is I completely understand the, the challenge in trying to stay positive Um, in that it's okay to have some moments. You know, I definitely have my moments, but I did not allow them to last for long. And it was very important for me to just have the positive outweigh the bad, lots of breathing. And um, just, I I, I don't know if this is, because I'm not in someone else's shoes. I don't know how easy this is for other people. But for me, I was visualizing the reunion so deeply that I literally was crying tears of joy. There were tears. It was ironic that I wasn't really crying when I got reunited with him. I was so happy. But in the visualization, I was like crying tears of joy. I I felt it that much. And um, I don't know if people have to get to that level, but whatever works for you to, to keep you in a positive space the majority of the time, and just understanding that what you think is more important than what anyone else thinks. The positive energy is great, but that's it. Just really staying staying positive because like you said, you naturally kind of want to, but that just wasn't an option for me. I felt better getting out looking for him. Yeah, yeah. How about you, Daniel? Uh, I think it's just a beautiful reminder about, yeah, just having a positive intention and holding the idea in your head and then believing and attaching the feeling to it 
and just realizing that, you know, we can create whatever outcome we want um, just by visualizing it and believing it and staying positive um, and staying centered and present too. And so it's what dogs are always reminding us of is to be present and be in the moment. And uh, you can't really worry about the future because you don't know what's going to happen and it's beyond our control. And so uh, I think it's just, the, the lesson that I got from this experience with Disco was to just stay present and visualize what you want to see. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I was just really honored to be a part of the story and to just bring you into it, to have this whole awesome just collaboration of, of support and guidance and just um, a happy ending as well. So I'm just thrilled to be a part of it. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, so, and I go on, Erica. No, I just, I just had to end on saying, um, like, I, I struggle with, with trying to articulate the level of gratitude for you, Dan, like the people that just help calm me. I don't, when I, I, I wanted to just throw this out there really quick. Um, I went on Facebook to look on CAC, to, to look on CACC, uh, Facebook page. Uh-huh. And, um, also post on there about disco and for some what is reason, CACC? Oh, I'm sorry. Chicago Animal Care and Control. The local okay. shelter. Yes. Okay. That's the power where stray dogs would go. Okay. So for some reason, my brain typed in Dan and he came up and C-A-C-C-D-A-N. I don't, I don't think those are very close, but my brain typed in Dan. Uh-huh. My spirit said, call him. And so I just stopped the CACC thing and called him. Wow. So, um, I'm just, just extremely thankful for you guys. You didn't even know us and under understood like the sense of urgency for me. Yeah. Out immediately just was huge for me. Yeah. L- yeah. Listening to Dan's voicemail, just, I just want to hug him. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you both. You're welcome. I love how Disco's all perked up. He's done. He is so proud of all of this. He knows we're done. My dogs are going to get up in a minute. They, so we'll just be in touch. I'm so glad for all of you. And I like all the lessons as you started off that many of us can take in our dogs with dog training. It's the exact same thing, how we our intentions make such a difference. Yeah. So if you have questions about dog training, especially in the Chicago area, but you, you work all, all over with people, Daniel. I'm so, yeah. So people can find Daniel. Daniel's great. He's very intuitive and gentle with the, the people I've been on calls with him. I've heard him talk to clients. So if you're looking to with someone who can nurture your relationship as a dog trainer, which I am not a dog trainer, Daniel's a dog trainer and can help you with your relationship and building. And if you haven't been consistent on practicing, he will give you some grace on that and give you tools, et cetera. But thank you for joining us. And we just wish Erica and Disco the very best. Thank Thanks, you. Liz. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for tuning in to Talking with the Dogs. Hope today's episode made you want to understand your own dog better and appreciate that every dog has a story and something to say. Subscribe now for more dog stories and insights into animal communication and what it's like to be a dog whisperer. Review this episode on Apple Podcasts or Follow Talking with the Dogs on Instagram or Facebook and sign up for a chance for you and your dog to be a guest on the show. Whatever you do, I hope you'll spend time talking with the dogs. Talking with the Dogs.